0: No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.
2: Mike Slater. On the Blaze Radio Network. Right, I want to play a clip here. Um, now, as you hear this, as you listen to this, it's not long. It's two minutes. Um, I want to Afterwards, I want to tell you who, who won this exchange. But it's not based on the actual issue, because no one watching knows what they're talking about. But let's just be real about that. So the the final number is 80 million people. Is that what they're saying? 80 million people? Um, 80 million people don't know what this is. Like 5 million people may know what they're talking about. No one else has any idea. So we have to, and the other whatever, 75 million people watching, have to come to some conclusion as to who won this exchange. Now it can't be on the issues because no one knows what they're talking about. So it's got to be on something. What is it? I'll tell you how they made up their minds after this clip. Here it is. Will they create jobs
1: in America? Will they raise incomes in America? And are they good for our national security? Some of them I voted for. The biggest one, a multinational one known as CAFTA, I voted against. And because I hold the same standards as I look at all of these trade deals. But let's not assume that trade is the only challenge we have in the economy. I think it is a part of it. And I've said what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a special prosecutor. We're going to enforce the trade deals we have, and we're going to hold people accountable. When I was Secretary of State, we actually increased American exports globally 30%. We increased them to China 50%. So I know how to really work to get new jobs and to get exports that help to create more New
3: jobs. Right. well, you haven't program. done it in 30 years or 26 years. Well, any I, you I've want been a
1: senator. You Donald, haven't done Donald, it. And you haven't done it. I have been a secretary of state me, and I have. Your done husband
3: signed NAFTA, which was one of the worst things that ever happened well, to that's the manufacturing your opinion. industry. That is your you opinion. go to New England, you go to Ohio, Pennsylvania, you go anywhere you want, Secretary Clinton, and you will see devastation where manufacturing is down 30, 40, sometimes 50 percent. NAFTA is the worst trade deal may be ever signed anywhere but certainly ever signed in this country and now you want to approve trans-pacific partnership you were totally in favor of it then you heard what i was saying how bad it is and you said i can't win that debate but you know that if you did win you would approve that and that will be almost as bad as nafta nothing will ever well, top nafta
1: that that is just not accurate i uh, was against it once it was finally negotiated and the terms were laid out. I wrote about that in... You called it the gold standard. Well, I hope... You
3: called it the gold standard of trade deals. You you said it's the finest deal you've ever seen. No. And then you heard what I said about it, and all of a sudden you were against it.
1: Well, Donald, I know you live in your own reality, but that is not the facts. The facts are... I did say I hoped it would be a good deal, but when it was negotiated, which I was not responsible for... I concluded it wasn't. I wrote about that. So is it President Obama's fault? Is it President Obama's fault? even announced. Look, there Secretary, are Secretary, is it President there, Obama's fault? There are Because he's pushing it. There are different views about what's good for our country, our economy and our leadership in the world.
2: Okay. Who won that exchange? Now, keep in mind, facts don't matter. Forget about that. We we could Maybe we can do it later, spend some time talking about the specifics of that and and the reality of that and the actual importance of that, but it doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. Forget about it. So who won? You could judge it based on who sounded more confident in their answers, right? Um, That's part of it, and I'll get to that. But there's something even sillier than that. There's something in psychology called the response order effect. The response order effect. So you got Hillary and Trump going back and forth about NAFTA and TPP and all this stuff. No one knows what that stuff is. The response order effect. What is this? The short of it is when a group of people have a shared memory Of something that happened in the past. As the group is trying to remember the details, the group believes the first person and believes what the first person says much more than what anyone else says about that memory. All right, so that's too confusing. All right, let me break it down. So let's say uh, five years ago, you and a group of your buddies went to Vegas for the weekend. Okay, you went to Vegas, uh, just for a fun weekend, you know, golfing, whatever, in Vegas. Yep. So here are you all today, five years later, and you're reminiscing about that weekend. And someone says, "Hey, wh- where did we eat dinner the first night?" What do we-, we all landed, in- and then what do we do? The first person who speaks, whoever shares details of the, f- of the first night first. The rest of the group is much more likely to believe that person's memories than anyone else's. So if the first person says, Oh, uh we ate at the uh we ate at the Bellagio, everyone else in the group is thinking, no, I think we ate I think we ate at uh at uh I can't even think of another place in Vegas. Um uh, uh, <laughs> The Venetian. I think we ate at the Venetian, but Ah, uh, okay. All uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Bellagio. Totally. Yeah. It was the Bellagio. Why do we believe that f- person who talked first the most? Why? Because if they talked first, it probably, we tell ourselves, it probably means that they are more confident about their answer and therefore more accurate about their memory than anyone else's. The response order effect. Now, Uh, That's wildly irrational because that person could be totally wrong. (laughs) Maybe you did eat at the Venetian first, but that person's like, oh yeah, Bellagio, definitely Bellagio. But because they spoke first, we agree with them more often. So how does this apply? And I know this sounds ridiculous, but I promise you this has an effect. To the average person who has no knowledge of NAFTA, or free trade, or Trans-Pacific Partnership, or who said what, when, or whatever. They got to figure out who won that exchange. And you want to know who they're going to come down with? Hillary. Why? Because she spoke about it first. Trust me, I know how silly and stupid that sounds. I totally get it. I know how dumb that sounds. I know how frustrating that sounds. Because that is a dumb reason to think that someone came out on top of an exchange. Because they spoke about it first. But let's be real about it. If you like Trump, you thought he won. If you like Clinton, you thought she won. If you're undecided and you don't know, you got to make your opinion based on something. And usually it's just based on whoever talked first. Now you'll notice Trump, in his response, because he went second, had a more defensive tone. It's odd. He actually talked in a higher pitched voice. Not higher than Hillary, but higher than his normal speaking voice. Now, if you speak in a higher voice than normal, people interpret that as you being less confident. Hillary spoke directly. She spoke, uh, uh, well, uh, the, in the Frank Luntz focus group, there were three words that people used to describe Hillary's debate performance. And one of them was firm. Now, why did people think she was firm? I'll tell you why. Because the tone of her voice. Not what she said. It's the tone of her voice. She spoke in a firm tone of voice. Trump, because he spoke second, had a more defensive tone of voice and his voice went a little higher pitch than it, than it normally is. And people interpret that as being defensive and less confident. So what do you do? What do you do if you're Donald Trump and the moderator asks a question to Hillary first? I mean, I mean, the, Hillary went first just because Lester Holt asked her first. Okay. So if you are going second, how do you overcome the response order effect? How do you counter this bias? It's very simple. You reset the question. You dismiss what Hillary said first, right? You just dismiss it outright, throw it away and you reset. Okay. so, Hillary says whatever she says. She says it firm. She says it, you know, it's very uh, contrived, but it's very, you know, very firm and direct and a constant controlled tone of voice. It sounds authoritative. She says it confidently. People who don't know what she's talking about are like, hmm, that sounds good. They have no clue what she's talking about, but oh, okay, it sounds good. So what do you do if you're a second? How do you not be defensive? How do you not, uh, you know, have a higher tone of voice, all this stuff? Throw it away. You say, okay, let's start over here. Lester, the question was about NAFTA. Here's the deal with NAFTA. right? If you make that transition, you've totally boxed her out. You got to make people feel that you are actually going first. And you do that by throwing away their opening comment on the issue. Right? Lester, Hillary does her thing, and you say, okay. All right, everyone. Lester, the question was about NAFTA. Let, let me answer this about NAFTA. Here's the bottom line about it. You don't respond to what she says at all. You, you th- toss it like it never happened. And that's how you get back in control. You don't want to volley, right? You don't want to volley back and forth if the other person goes first because you're going to sound defensive. So throw it away. You set the stage again, and now you're in control. It's just like tennis. I'm mean, going to use the volley analogy. It's just like tennis, right? Break surf. That's how you break serve, right? The person who serves usually wins the game, right? So if Hillary goes first, essentially she's serving and you have to volley back, just grab the ball, (laughs) start over, you serve now. And you serve it back to her and put her on the defensive. That's a little debate 101. Now, don't get me wrong. Trump was in control in other ways and at other times. Did you ever notice that he never let Lester ask him a question? So Hillary would go, and then Lester would try to ask a follow up to Trump, but Trump would just start talking. That's a power move. And that, that's how you control the energy of the room. That's good. Remember, Trump didn't want a moderator at all. Right? He wanted no moderator, and he acted like Lester Holt wasn't there most of the time. So that's how you control the pacing and the energy, but he still responded to Hillary too often. We'll see if he changes that in the next couple of debates. Now, who does this affect? Again, it only affects people who are undecided and. Uh, it, It affects people who tuned in on Monday night wanting to watch Dancing with the Stars and The Voice who are annoyed that these people are on the TV instead of Miley Cyrus and who have no idea what they're talking about. Those are the only people it affects, but those are the people who are going to change the election. Mike Slater, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than web.com